Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hola, welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. How's everyone doing? Hope you're all well. Hope you're all good. The weather this week is new studio mates, dogs, <laughs> petting on tap, um, and carrier bags of rubbish. Yeah, that's the uh, the weather this week on Arrest All the Mix. Got a cool guest coming up for you guys today. Going to be bringing you the absolute lowdown on quite simply winning at the internet. Yes, it's Nick Leach from Hearts Internet, one of my sponsors. He's joining me today to talk about everything you guys need to know about staying relevant, staying prominent on Google, SEO, social media, putting yourself out there using that wonderful thing that stalks our everyday lives, which is the internet. Uh, I hope it's going to be some use. It certainly was for me, sitting and chatting to Nick for an hour. We met last year at the the Dot uh, London Small Business Awards. Nick was one of the sponsors and was fortunate enough to win Creative Agency of the Year on the night. And because of that, I got chatting to Nick. And part of the prize that I won was mentorship. So I got the chance to pick Nick's brains, who's been on it since day dot, as he'll tell us, since the advent of the internet. Or at least when it became relevant, kind of late 90s, and became sort of widespread usability. for you know It became available to all of us quite simply. Um, so I got chatting to the guy and he knows all this cool stuff. So I was in the process of designing a brand new website. We got chatting about how I use it for my business, how I am prominent on social media, how I feel like I could get a lot better. I suppose I represent a lot of people. We're still all guinea pigs. Um, and we got along and he's really cool. And not long afterwards, as you guys will well now know, Heart uh, Internet, his company, sponsor this podcast. So without further ado, that's about the sponsors. So heartinternet.co.uk. I'm not going to give you a direct tip today because there's a hell of a lot of them coming up in the next hour or so, chatting to Nick Leach from Heart. So we'll get on to all that. But yeah, like I say, he's been there since the beginning. He's been right there with the internet since dial-up, since you had that lady on AOL telling you that you had an email. You have email. You remember that? <laughs> it's, it popped in my head the other day, so I started looking it up to see if I could remember what she looked like when everything was like futuristic blue, you know, like just everything looked like it was a scene from Alien where it's the internet is here. Um, and none of us could have predicted where it was going to lead, I guess, in the, in the, you know, the next 15 years or so. I guess I'm thinking back to 2001 when I think about the, her and AOL and all those early days of the internet, but... Nick's awesome and he knows his stuff and he tells it in a really user-friendly way. That's why I wanted him to sponsor this show with Heart Internet and that's why they do every week. So check them out, heartinternet.co.uk. Uh, Illustration Limited, founding sponsor, been with me since day one, talking about origins a lot today. Uh, and they're great. They represent over 200 illustrators, animators, set designers, fashion designers, fashion illustrators. Yeah, I could go on. Portrait illustrators. Uh, they are... The largest, I believe, agency in the world for illustration. They're fantastic at what they do. They're a lovely, friendly team. Uh, and they're absolutely killing it with a roster of artists that they've got right now and the things that they're doing on a global scale. So go and take a look at them, illustrationweb.com. Thanks to those guys who've been here since day one. We had Rowan Eason uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show. Awesome black and white pen and ink illustrator talking about many things, including... Uh, just pitching up in the corridor at Kingston University without an official place and getting feedback from tutors and fellow students. Awesome stuff. Go and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, so thanks to those guys, illustrationweb.com. And printed.com came on board not too long ago. Um, they're awesome. They support the arts. They support the creative industries really, really well, and they provide a whole host of amazing printed materials, over 90 different products, loads of different finishes. I use them regularly for this promo for the show, for all the flyers. I get my promotional print booklet done for my marketing campaigns. No bullshit. Seriously good guys. Look after you on the customer service side of things and produce damn good print materials. Um, so today's print tip. It's one of my own, actually. Um, I've... Gotten a bit sloppy in the last few weeks in sending out my books, but I sent a huge wave of them out about six weeks ago when I had a little quiet spell going on there. And I thought, I just want to take things personal again. I want to strip it right back to basics. I want to send people something handwritten, direct marketing, person to person, make them feel special. So I got a range of A5 landscape booklets done. I got them done matte finish. I got them done on recycled stock. 
The colours came out fantastic. Everything was true to the design, which is always a worry when you use a lot of colour in something like illustration or photography. Some printers do get it wrong, but these guys are really helpful in helping you set up the right colour profile. The booklets came out awesome, and I sent them out to... Oh, I can't remember. Certainly over 50 clients, prospective and existing. Now, one of the clients, I'm not going to name who because you might go and pinch them. <laughs> one of my clients from Day Dot who have been contacting, it's been on, I don't know about my very first Excel spreadsheet, but quite possibly on that one, if not very soon afterwards. So I've been sending emails out to this lady since 2009, and I don't think we've ever spoken on the phone. But I sent her a booklet recently, and... Uh, here we go, I got a job, I got a job last week, so I'm working for a new magazine, it's a, a new vinyl based magazine, records, cool stuff, so I got a commission to illustrations for a feature off the back of sending out a print booklet, so let that be a lesson, go back and listen to Rod Hunt's podcast if you get the chance, episode 26, awesome guy, top of the illustration in his business as we speak, and he he just always does printed promos. He invests a lot of money into it for that reason, because you get a direct response that people are guaranteed to open those envelopes. So check it out and head over to printed.com and use them if you've got some cool printed stuff to do, which you all should be doing, instead of relying on social media. That being said, today's guest, we'll talk a little bit more about him now, but Nick Leach has been really cool to me, actually. He's gone way above and beyond the, the mentorship that came with me and winning an award last year, well, start this year, actually. And I see those guys all the time on social media shouting about um, tips for using your social media effectively, how you represent yourself on there. Uh, they do great hosting, they do great SEO, they do all the stuff you need to need, need to know, the techie stuff, but they deliver it in such a user-friendly way to make it seem much more friendly, affordable. Um, they're awesome. So I said to Nick, look, do you want to come by the studio one day? We'll have a chat, we'll see where things are at with the sponsorship, but... I would really like to get you on Arrest All Mimics and talk about all these things because I think everyone in my industry needs to know this stuff. No one's an expert. Some people are better at it than others for whatever reason. Maybe they're more established. Maybe they're just more tech savvy. Maybe they know how to sell themselves better or a better sense of their own brand. But I want you to come in and talk to me about what's good, what's not, why things work, what you've been up to, how you've learned this stuff, uh, why you're you know qualified to pass on this advice. So you're going to find me in my studio with Nick Leach for the next hour or so, talking about all that stuff, all the work that Heart Internet do, what other companies like 123 Reg do, they're all out there all kind of preaching this stuff, and there's so much free advice out there now, courtesy of people like Heart Internet, that we can all take heed of and, and learn a little more. So he's going to tell us about some of the cool tools that are out there, he's going to talk about when you cross a line in, in kind of not separating your personal world and your work world. Really, really good stuff from the horse's mouth. So I could sit here banging the drum about it all day long, but I'm going to take you to my conversation with Nick Leach in my studio by Thames Barrier. Um, let me know your thoughts. Hit me up on the Twitter about this show or any previous shows about your thoughts, your suggestions, why you want to be on the show or why you might want to hear from a certain person. Hit us up at Arrest on the Mix. You can hit me up on the email, hello at bentallon.com or you can get me on Twitter also personally at bentallon.com. Uh, keep them coming. Go and check out the columns I've been doing with fellow sponsor printed.com. They're, they're up there now. I've done three. There's going to be a fourth one dropping soon. It's freelance advice. It's there for free, like all this stuff. So cheers for checking in as ever. Get us the feedback, get us your thoughts. Here is my conversation with Nick Leach from Heart Internet. What is your background, Nick? I mean, what, what's, how did you get into the whole world, um, world of tech? Yeah, well, um, I guess my, I mean, what I'm in now is all about you know, it, it's basically driving people to websites and then getting them from those websites into customers, you know, so it's driving traffic and then converting that traffic into customers. Mm. And it's pretty much all happening online for my job. And um, because, I mean, I've, it, it's something I've been doing for about 15 years. I started a digital agency in, in, in the year 2000. I mean, and I trot this line out when I'm doing presentations. But in the year 2000, there was only £1 million spent on online advertising in the globe. You know, the entire wow. global market was worth £1 wow. million. And then I think it, Google alone took £7 billion last year just in the UK. So, you know, it, you know, it, it's, a, it, you know it's a huge transition. So I think it, what that means is if you were in the industry, you could afford to be not very good at what you do, but still get away with it because the market was growing. But I mean, I, I try to not say that that's my story. Mm. But um, so, you know, I, I guess I, I went from traditional advertising, buying media and magazines. I mean, I started out selling, selling ads in mags mm. through to buying. And then when uh, 
kind of the first pay-per-click models launched in the UK. So there was a company called GoTo, which was then rebranded as Overture, which then became Yahoo, uh, Yahoo Search Marketing in the UK. And I think it was like 2002, 2003. Mm. They launched the first... Uh, platform that allowed anyone to just kind of upload keywords and ads into a search engine and then pay to appear in a particular position wow. and uh, and we really leapt on that in our agency because we were used to you know client gives you a certain amount of money every month you stick it in some magazines and then you cross your fingers of course you, know, <laughs> you, you hope you hope that those magazines uh, you know, they're obviously being read by people who are most likely to become a customer, but you don't know if they're ready to buy right now. No, you're you relying know. upon what that magazine's doing. Exactly, like. yeah. yeah. Uh, you're relying on what, what they talk about in that issue. You rely on the fact that you're getting truth about them, about the number of copies that they, they, they've sold. Um, but but the, in, in, in advertising on search engines, you know, all of a sudden we, we could go, give me a £1,000 today and I will give you... 50 customers by the end of today you know mm. it was like a direct you know a, an amazingly direct way of turning a resource that they had which was money to spend on marketing into customers which is, which was obviously there for the future of their business and we we transitioned in our agency from being almost entirely offline i think in like 2002 to being mm. almost entirely online in 2003 wow. yeah and Every client that we took this platform to um, just, you know, could, couldn't spend enough because it was it was making hay wow. time. You know, you could acquire customers. I think, um, and you know, back then, one, two, three, Reg uh, and Heart Internet. Well, actually, Heart Internet hadn't launched then, uh, but um, were one, two, three, Reg was was one of my clients, and uh, there were only like two or three advertisers on Google for what we did. So we could we could launch, and then be at the top of Google, and and you know acquire lots of customers. Um, yeah. For 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 a, in a lot more effective and, and cheaper way than we had. So I mean past. I mean just I mean speaking as an as an internet user back then, you know this was it blew my mind. Despite the load up times on dial up, for example, it, it it blew my mind that all this information was there ready at my fingertips. So I, I would I be right in saying that you would, I guess there right at the beginning, and you've you've. You know, in terms of anything from algorithms to the, like the inception of Google, I guess you would have seen everything from its from its starting point right through to where we are now. Yeah, th- th- I mean that that's right, and I guess a common thread through all of that has been Google. I mean, Google didn't. It, Google wasn't one of the first engine search engines. You know, although the the technology that they came up with was pow- powered a few others like AltaVista and, and Yahoo for a while, um, but I think. The people behind Google, uh, Google, um, uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, they, they were the first people that uh, raised this idea that you could determine which websites were popular by the number of inbound links to those websites because it was a natural way that websites could um, tell their visitors, hey, this other website over here, go and check it out because we think it's very good about whatever topic. Um, and so what they realised is if you measured all of these links between the websites, you got a natural picture of which ones uh, were popular and which ones were authorities within particular niches. And that gave them their kind of basic algorithm to decide what websites to rank highly at the top of, of, the, of the results page. And stuff has changed since then, but that kind of basic idea probably still exists mm. um, and is still something that people who work in search engine optimization are massively focused on. I think it's been rigged over the years by people like me, you know, trying to understand the algorithm and then, I guess, creating shortcuts in it mm. to, to kind of, uh, yeah, shortcut that the natural process of acquiring links to, to actually acquire links in a very unnatural and, and rapid way. But certainly over the last three or four years, Google has become very clever at detecting where those shortcuts are happening and kind of reversing the effects of those mm. shortcuts and, and obviously penalising yeah. sites that had been... I was speaking to the, a developer friend of mine recently and he did mention that they're now changing algorithms really quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to counter that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, a, they, they, I mean, Google actually goes for more of a kind of constant evolution at the moment, but I guess the two big algorithm changes um, are uh, Penguin and Panda, 
and you know those were focused on on the one hand uh, sites that looked artificial that had an un, unreasonable number of inbound links that had they had acquired very quickly and also sites that didn't really seem to offer value to visitors you know mm. and we've all seen them you know you kind of you click on the link because it ranks highly and then you arrive on the site and it doesn't really answer the question that you had in mind, you know, the, the question that you've gone to Google to, to discover yeah. the answer for. So, you know, those two um, updates uh, kind of a, a addressed those problems quite directly and they're, they're, they're now a part, just part of an on, the ongoing... Yeah, um, which, is, which sounds to, fair enough. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's rewarding to people who do take the time to take care and... You know, and, and put the things in place that the customers do need to see. So yeah, that's right. And you know, getting rid of that stuff, it actually re yeah returns search engines um, to you know it, it, it what yeah what, what it what it what it gets rid of is the artificial nature. So it goes back to to saying well, which sites actually re really are good and authoritative mm. and enjoyable for people within each niche. Yeah. Um. Because and, and and so. What's great is that these days you don't have to think, well, I've got to do this stuff for Google, but I've got to do this stuff for my visitors. You know, mm -hmm. I've got to have an article that has a certain density of keywords and uses these keywords over and over again because Google's going to rank it. But then when I rank highly and people visit, people aren't going to like that stuff. So then I also need to somehow yeah. deal with what they're after. Yeah, I think it's a fair balance. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the... the so because those two things have come together, you know, it's, it's actually much better for, for people who are building a site because they just, all they've got to concentrate on is how can I make a site that is really uh, easy for people to navigate around, is really enjoyable, um, and so people find answers to the questions they have in mind. Because people always arrive on a website, you know, wanting to do something. It's either to find a bit of information or to carry out an action like buy something. Um, you know, sites that make that easy. And then, of course, sites that are shareable, that people want to share with their peers, with their mm -hmm. followers online, um, yeah. or to, to, to even blog or write about themselves if, yeah. if they like it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess that's then some of the fundamentals. I mean, there's a, a search engine optimization. So it's I'm talking now as a sort of someone who's only, I'd say, the last couple of years sort of come around and I really tried to switch on to this stuff. You know, especially having a friend as a developer, it's like I start to see now more and more. You know, I'm, I'm making, I'm taking better care of my social media platforms. I'm, uh, I'm in the process of well, very close to launching a brand new website in the next couple of weeks. And the whole reason I wanted to build a home this new website is because my old one was a WordPress site, and and um, it had very little in the way of SEO put in by my developer. Mm. Um, and I felt restricted because I couldn't change anything. Where we had a, we we'd gone from a template from a theme and. I just felt like it was it was a very lazy website and I felt like I wasn't doing it justice with the amount of content and clients that I was working mm -hmm. for and dynamic um, images, videos, articles in my industry. So uh, the thinking was that by you know, building it from the ground up and everything's coded, that we could really take care of, of representing what I'm doing better. Yeah. Um, so the question being, would, would you say, I mean, me in the position of an illustrator slash designer, would you say that's a wise? Would you, would you say that's the right move? Is that a wise move to do to invest in a in a properly built site? Well, I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, no matter no matter how you get your business right now, it might be through your, you know, your personal network, through your existing clients, perhaps because you know you have representation, or because people have you know seen a bit of work you've done. No matter how you win clients now. Everyone um, could get more business from search engines because search engines are where people turn when they are starting out on that journey to look for something new. So, I mean, I think there's a well-quoted stat about the number of commercial journeys that start with a search. I think it's like 90% where, where people think, I'm going to buy this thing. And they, they, the first place they turn is to search engines. So... It's not that that stat isn't so relevant, I guess, in your area, but without a doubt, there will be a certain proportion of people who are within their kind of research and find out phase who will be searching online. And if they can't discover your site yeah. via that mechanism, then that's a customer you're going to have, you know, you're going to find more challenging to, to yes. win over. 
Yeah. Well, this is the thing you see. I mean, the, in my personal case, and I suppose I speak for a lot of, uh, and you know, I don't creative industries, be it a musician, painter, whatever. It's the way it tends to work is you know, you've you've got like you said, you've got this network where you you know someone that knows someone, and, and that's most businesses have got that foundation. But then, what tends to happen now in an increasingly global industry, and I'm working with clients in America, where, in Germany, and uh, Japan on occasion, and. Uh, in my case, I see the value of this because my my agency illustration limited the people illustration on Google at number one right. every time, and um, so essentially, the, although they're representing two hundred artists, we're all two clicks away from the top of Google right. for, for the word illustration, which is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> you know, if someone in China thinks, okay, well, maybe our uh, you know maybe this sort of traditional illustration that's going on there at the moment is not it's not what we need. We need something with more of a, a British feel or mm. whatever it is. London illustrator, you know, maybe yeah. they're not, maybe they've not come across anyone, don't really know anyone. Yeah. There's my agency, two clicks away. This is why I get jobs from overseas. So yeah, I see yeah. that happening on a on a job by job basis. Yeah. At the same time, I get so much less of that for my own website, which mm-hmm. for me speaks for itself. And I, you know, I really want to be pushing higher and higher. So how do how did I don't know why I'm going with my question for that, but <laughs> I think well, so so I I think you're what you're heading towards is. Um, how can you better, you know, push your site higher in the ranking mm. so that you weren't perhaps always so reliant on the fact of, of illustration web being ranking highly? Yeah. Because I mean, at the moment, you're depending on their SEO efforts. If they've made, if they make a mistake, I mean, it's obviously critical to their business. You know, yeah. it underpins their business. But you are relying on them, and they are essentially beyond your control. Um, so, I, w- you know, how can you almost add? belt and braces to that that kind of yeah. high ranking um well i mean for for uh you know for, for someone in your space actually you know the same general principles applies to you as they do in in any industry you know the fundamentals are uh you know produce a site that google finds easy to understand what you're talking about so you know is technically set up correctly in terms of page titles descriptions you know uses an xml sitemap and kind of you know the kind of technical basics that we can we can read about online, but but more is you know is enjoyable for people to to use that they get you know that they're able to find what they're looking for on on, on your site and that they actually want to to share with with their with their friends and their peers and um, if all of those things exist, then your chance of um, gaining links, which ultimately will underpin your your um, SEO efforts mm. are so much more uh, are so much higher. You know, if if you've got relevant people on your site, that might be people in your industry or people in, interested in your topic. If they like what they see, um, then they're going to be much more likely to, to share you online, and perhaps and which of course exposes you to their network, um, but perhaps even write about you on their site and link to your site. Mm. And um, you know, the, the, actually, the more kind of traditional efforts that you put into your marketing, whether that's you know, attending network events or being involved within industry magazines mm. or industry organisations. If yours is a site that actually looks pretty good and says something very positive about the industry and about your work, then it's going to be one that people will like to link to because it, 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 it's a kind of great showcase yeah. of, of, of what you do and, you know, perhaps the wider industry as well. Mm. So I think... By uh, you know, in, in terms of answering that question, what can you do to, to rank more highly? I think, you know, thinking about what are people looking for when they come on to my site, and then making it really easy for them to do that. You know, to find what they're looking for, to carry out an action, will ultimately be the a, you know great thing for you to focus on going forward. Mm. Of course, taking care of the technical sides and the you know the technical setup, yeah. and you know we can we can perhaps uh, yeah. So speaking of the technical side of things, because this is one question that, um, you know, I, I talk to so many people in so many different areas now. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to go and talk at unis and things like that. So, you know, in let's say in the case of a graduate who's coming out of uni, uh, student loan is no more, you know, money's tight. Um, what would you say about someone who's who's kind of thinking, okay, I don't have the money to invest in a, in a, in a developer or a mm. website. Um, so, I, you know, I'm going towards Squarespace, uh, Behance Pro, I think, I think it's now in Adobe, yeah, Adobe, I can't remember the name of it, Adobe Portfolio. Right. Um, what, you know, what are the sort of advantages, disadvantages, do you think? Obviously, price point is an advantage if you're only paying X amount per year yeah. for, a, say, a Squarespace website and the, the drag and drop thing. Yeah. Um, but what are the sort of, in terms of SEO and that type of thing, what, what, 
would you say to that about the difference between the two? Yeah, I mean, uh, just yeah, just to start on this, I suppose, I guess the, the two areas are, do you put your work on your own site or do you put it on another platform, you know, that you perhaps don't have control of? And so I, what I would always say is always be p- focusing on your own site, your own domain, something that you can control. For example, within blogging, it's been very popular these days to blog on medium.com or LinkedIn, um, perhaps, and it's certainly a good way to reach an audience, but ultimately you're always going to be um, the victim of the uh, kind of strategic direction of those platforms. If they choose to update what they do or change what they do to stop surfacing your content, you have literally no control over it. So it's important to make sure that you, you, know, you add all of your uh, work onto your own site. As to whether you go with a WordPress site or a Squarespace site or a Wix site or a 123reg site, um, really, they, you know, there isn't a huge variation in their, their potential to rank well. All of those platforms um, have the chance to rank, rank well on Google. Um, certainly, uh, WordPress is, is well known for offering um, you know, a, a, a fast speed and easy plugins to make your SEO and technical setup quite easy. But those other platforms, they do still allow you to edit the technical elements that you need to in order to give yourself the best chance of of ranking. So um, I certainly wouldn't, you know, and and, and if if building on one of those other website builder tools means that you can actually do it yourself, and at the end of the day that's always going to be cheaper than asking, uh, asking a web designer to do it, then I would say definitely go for it yeah um, right so that's interesting so I always just assumed that it would be better for the sort of coded thing hmm. um, as opposed to those platforms so that's interesting to know that they all which I guess it does that, that just that validates your earlier point of it is about the, the look you know the the balance of all those things we talked about looking yeah. after the customer the interesting content um, exactly so that's good to know that 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 applies to all those platforms yeah that's yeah. good that's one yeah. myth dispelled in my yeah. mind there. well I think <laughs> yeah years ago um, and um, you know, certainly, you know, the website builder tools of the past, you literally, all you got was a visual editor where you could drag and drop things around the page, add pages and so on. But certainly um, these days, for example, the, you know, the 123 Reg website builder, you can, you can do that stuff, but you can also go into the code as well. Mm. And you can, you can make the edits to the code that, that are required. And oft, oftentimes these days they aren't required because people build these tools so that they do have, have the chance to rank yeah. well because they recognise it's a kind of key thing that people are looking for. Um, you know, it actually might, you know, it, it's, it's more important to make sure, for example, you know, rather than getting too bothered with those technical things, it's, it, it's more important to, for example, make sure the site looks, looks good on a mobile mm. because actually if it doesn't, Google will detect that and will then stop surfacing the site on the mobile search results yes. and you know certainly in some markets they make up you know almost 50% of all of the searches that are yeah. arriving arriving on site so I, I and fortunately a lot of these tools you know they do have great mobile versions of the yeah. sites yeah um, which is now like I say is you know the way people are digesting their content now in 2016 is absolutely imperative to, to have that because I, you know, I don't know what the stats are but I, I assume that it's, it's you know desktop is on the on the decline yeah. in that sense and people are more and more now on tablets and handheld devices yeah absolutely I think certainly some markets 50-60% on, on mobile devices yeah that yeah. include that people tablets. on trains you know I had a chat with a client this morning and he was on the mobile you know I went about in Scotland somewhere mm-hmm. and just ping me a quick email and you know if my website like you say if it's rubbish on that not only is it going to yeah. look bad and, and not want to navigate that but if you say you know SEO terms it's not being picked up on also then like you say that's that's a key thing to bear in mind then yeah and i think yeah i mean the one thing it one thing it is of course search and google you know it does have a mobile algorithm and if it if it sees that your website doesn't render well on mobile then it will demote you but of course many of us i will discover sites for the first time either you know on an email uh, you know it's a kind of a link that's been forwarded from someone or shared with someone or on social media, and most of those activities happen on a mobile. So the mm. chances that someone come ac- comes across you for the very first time on their mobile device is is really high, no matter what industry you're in. You know, even if you're within you know a, a more traditional or dry or business to business market, for yeah. example. Yeah. So 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 in terms of that, then social media is massive, absolutely massive now. Um, and in our industry, it's uh, I suppose it's vis- you know it's visual. 
again, like everything else, visually and content driven. You know, it's things like you say, it's things that are useful to people. Uh, certainly, the things that I try to share are, you know, in, uh, an interesting new project, for example, and let's say a creative review. I share a lot of creative reviews projects. Right. Uh, a, a news article that's relevant to my industry. I don't know. I try to be a bit more diverse with the content I'm putting out there now. Yeah. I used to be quite autonomous in the way that I would just send out, you know, links to my new portfolio. Here's a new illustration, and after a while, I thought. Why would people want to just see this constant mm. dialogue of me, you know, potentially thinking out loud? It's mm. like, no, you know, people want a little more from you. And especially now that I'm writing and then doing this show, I think people start to look for me for more than just my work. They're aware of that, which is wonderful. Yeah. And they need to, you know, I need to make that aware. They're people aware of that. But, yeah. you know, I just think, so, I mean, so on that basis, you know, uh, creatives and social media, what, what other kind of well, like lemon tips? Well, it's interesting that you've you know you've gone through that transition, and I you know it, I I think that you're absolutely right to be sharing that other stuff as well because you know the the fundamental reason why people share on social media is because of what it says about them. You know, so we you know in our personal lives, you know, here's a picture of me on a beach, aren't I having fun? You know, <laughs> look at this amazing. Look, can you see what a successful person I am? You know, okay, it's not it's not always quite narcissistic, but it, it it's a reflection of what what it says about you, and that's the great thing about you know if you're using social within a, a partly professional framework, is that you are, you know it's almost like an online you know it's like a CV. This is the stuff that I'm into. This is the stuff that mm. I value. This reflects on me, and if you share something great that you've seen in in creative review actually a little bit of that greatness reflects on you because mm. you have brought that content to other people you know so you're acting as the conduit conduit to that content and that says something about you about you, the things that you're into mm. to your audience so um you know in the same way i think yeah i i mean i i i myself try to write a reasonable amount and make a reasonable amount, but I think probably only like 5% of the things that I share are actually things that I've contributed to in some yeah. way. And, you know, all the rest of the stuff, it, it's a statement of this is the stuff I value and that mm. I think is important. It's very true, actually. I never thought of it in that way, but that's absolutely nail on the head, yeah. I mean, just one example that springs to mind, I have a friend, Lauren Goodland, who's just graduated from Cardiff and she's gone into a design company, but she had this whole sort of gimmick name called Dark Features when she was at uni, and right. it, it was all very, the style reflected that. It was a very naive, this sort of hand-drawn, playful illustration. She would do these crude gifts, but every single thing she put out there would either make me laugh, or like I said, it just it reeked of her personality, and, and, right. and this kind of, you know, she, she put a post out the other day saying, um, you know, I've not yet played Pokemon Go. Everyone's asking me if I play Pokemon Go. I must scream Pokemon Go. And I was just, it, <laughs> I, I laughed that loud sat on my, sat on my <laughs> desktop. And I just thought, it's so Lauren. And yeah. and she's had that right since, like, you know, MySpace days and really yeah. kind of projected that that personality. And I, I think, you know, she's really winning with it. The followers reflect it, the yeah. the interaction she has. And, and I think it's great, you know. That's interesting. That's, yeah. yeah and, interesting. You know, so, so, you know, it doesn't always have to be so personal, but I think... Like you say, it often is a mirror to what's going on, in yeah. that, you know, what that person's doing. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great thing to bear in mind. And the trick then, of course, is to do it in a way that's, I guess, not a turn-off to your audience, is it? Mm. And, and I think lots of people then know, I mean, it's veering into personal use of social media, but, you know, if, you know, I think, you know, personal use of social media, it's almost like, you know, when you turn the radio up in the car and you put the windows down and you drive down the street and you think you look awesome, you know? <laughs> and everyone else on the street just thinks that you look like a total... Um, yeah. You know, uh, and the beefcake's falling around with no top on and like yeah. 11 a.m. on a Tuesday it's, morning in like, city centre. Yeah. You know, the, the difference between self-perception, how other people are seeing you, is a mile apart, and it, exactly the same stuff happens on yeah. social. You think this says something so great about you, and everyone else just resents yeah. it. And you have you to know? be really careful with that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And it actually, yeah, to, to that point, you know, the flip side of that is I see really great, some people have created a real aura of mystique about what they do, you know, so I see artists who, you know, in, in the mold of banks, I guess, but um, 
quite subversive with it where you know they'll put out interesting links and contents but, it, but it's there's no real personality shown behind it almost right. that the, the lack of is has become the personality yeah, so yeah. it's that fits right into their brand and yeah. the really successful ones i go through to their websites then and it's and it's reflected really well in the way yeah. their brand and their artwork is done or whatever it is they're doing right that's and i think that's really interesting so it's mm. two kind of case studies of mm. someone who's been very personal and putting everything on the line mm. i guess in the way that i have since i started writing and doing the blogging is that i saw that people in my industry were connecting with that and thought well, this is this is the crossroads right now. I either, I either commit to this to putting Ben Talon, the the freelance illustrator, out there for the world to see, yeah. as almost like a, you know, some sort of warped prototype, um, <laughs> or uh, I go down the mystique route. I go for something, and you know, I create a persona, and I and I stay away from all that stuff. And yeah. I, so I chose the you know the former, and and it's uh, yeah. I like thus far it's benefited me greatly in, yeah. in things like this. Yeah, it's uh, um, I, I you know it's funny you bring that up in the context of. Um, uh, creative fields because it you know it, it's an area which I guess I, I don't really know very well and you know and I'm I'm usually more thinking about branding from a commercial point of view you know mm. and there's been you know there's certainly been a big uh, you know there's a I think there's a lot to uh, explore um, around whether or not you are better enough off promoting a you know a kind of anonymous brand that is your business or or yourself mm. that is your business and so much these days is about about people trying to look past the brand to see the individual i think those that are able to somehow fuse the two mm. you know say this is my business but actually this is me yeah. and i mean obviously if your name is the business then yeah. it's a it's a perfect op- opportunity mm. you know and that's what you have and i guess as your business grows, the, the trip will be how to retain the benefit, you know, the benefits of that personal branding while yes. still trying to to scale up and you know yeah. bring your 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 personal touch to every every bit of work mm. that you do. Um, you know, we, I guess we as a business, we've we've kind of, uh, I think without a doubt, kept people in the background. You know, and it's been all about the brand in the past. And at the end of the day, you know. Not without exception, but people find it so much easier to connect with a person, don't they? Yeah. The, um, we do some work with an organisation called Enterprise Nation. Um, they are they help people start businesses. They it's a privately uh, funded you know it's funded by the members. They have about sixty, seventy, eighty thousand members, and they pay a small amount um, yearly to get access to like uh, mentoring, uh, like free. Uh, seminars and you know online webinars and all of this kind of thing and enterprise nation gets quoted in the press quite a lot you know it's one of the organizations and you know in a very fragmented market that 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 can represent a certain number of startups but the founder emma jones her profile is like 10x of Mm. enterprise nation wow because people say well yeah that's the organization but who's the person and it's it's actually she's the one with the big profile getting quote quoted weekly in the press. It's not a spokesman from Enterprise Nation. That's so interesting. It's Emma, yeah. it's Emma Jones. Yeah. Um, and you know I think there's a lot to be learned from that for any business to kind of bring the people through, yeah. and and make them much more uh, synonymous with with mm. the kind of brand. I guess. Yeah, and it's yeah yeah I know what you mean because. You know, I look on, sometimes I'll get, you know, I don't know, someone will follow me on Instagram, for example, and I'll think, oh, look who that is, you know, they've got such and such design, their name, and then the, the word design or illustration, and I'll click on it, and seven-eighths is selfies or cats, and I think, right. I'm not going to follow you, like, you know, your work yeah. might be brilliant, but I don't want to, I'm not yeah. really interested in that stuff, sorry, yeah. no, sorry, that's, that's not a personal thing, it's just, yeah. I use this platform to look at interesting visual stimulus, and, yeah. and if I do see personal stuff, I, I need it to, in some way, connect to... Okay, yeah, my friends will be on there. That's fine. I want to see what my friends are up to. But mm-hmm. aside from that, I want to see if I'm looking at it for creative reasons. I want to see the creative view. If that if that relates back, like I said about the whole writing and things, you know, mm-hmm. if it's relevant to that, I try to keep all of my own content at least connected to design. Yeah. You know, I'm at you know if I'm at an event that's design, I'll show the building. Whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But I think there's a danger of of. If you fuse the two, I think yeah. it's a very dangerous thing to to switch people off early. I, I totally agree, and. Um, I guess it reflects how we each of us differently use social platforms, doesn't it? Because, and I think it's quite common these days to say Twitter is somewhat more professional, mm-hmm. Facebook is somewhat more personal. Yeah. Um, um, but 
the, you know, and if, if you do use it for professional reasons, you know, I think this is where it's worth digging into the analytics that you can get behind your social activity. Because, um, you know, if you can see the types of content that generates more shares for you, then you know how to focus your efforts going forward, assuming you want to, you know, grow your following through that channel. Mm -hmm. There's a so there's a well-known tool called Buffer, you know, that allows you to schedule posts. The guy uh, who set it up called Joel Gascoigne, he writes about this strategy on social media called the four-one, which just basically means um, do four of your normal stuff and then one of something else. Mm. And that might be four posts with images, one without. It might be you know f four bits of other people's content, uh, one bit of your content. That's interesting. But but, but kind of keeping a regular narrative going through but then trying other stuff whether that's a change in look or feel or the type of content or personal or professional and then you'll be able to to see when i do this other stuff you know does that does that tend to flatline or does it do better than average and it helps you kind of experiment and learn with the type of stuff mm. that works so assuming these people that you discover and actually it is a lot of personal stuff it would be very interesting if they could then look within their analytics to say yeah, you know what, not really anyone's looking at my personal stuff mm. here. I mean, it, it looks like it's just for me, but every time I share my work or an event I've been to that's relevant, that seems to get a bit of yeah. a bit of traction. So, you know, if I do want to use this to, 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 you know, grow my opportunities, grow my audience, then that's what I should focus on going yeah. forwards. Yeah. And this is the thing as well, yeah, this is, and, you know, just recently I've started to sponsor certain parts to the podcast, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of, I think there's an episode that, lots of people will really buy into that idea um, you know this one is one that, that jumps out as a potential because this is an issue that everyone has to get their head around to some right. degree maybe 99% of people but but, but yeah. the vast majority of people are dealing with social media and online marketing so I think okay it's just great so and then it's about how to address that up in an angle you know in a, in a strap line that goes you need to listen to this show this will help yeah. you online you know and that's, yeah. the, that's the whole idea of doing the thing yeah. but again it's how you put that across do I yeah. put, you know in images in audio content and there's a whole spectrum of things going on there yeah. um, but then you know I did it yesterday so I sponsored the, the last episode with Peter O'Toole because he's got right. his dream client for Adidas and, and we had this you know sort of parallel conversation about that um, you know understand that it's not out of the realms of possibility to get those clients but mm -hmm. also in, you know, it came through his personality and his personal interests. So I thought, okay, there's many angles there. You've got the dream client thing. You've got just added us as a brand. A lot of people love that and want to work for it. Yeah, yeah. Whole cult following. Um, but then later on in the day, I posted a stupid image of you know Ben Stiller covered in sweat and 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 just put must sit still. And that got a better traction than the majority of my tweets all day. And I thought right. that's interesting. Like yeah. you said, that's now you know now going back at the analytics, I'd be really curious to see. Yeah. The, the difference between some of the more here's my little updated typography portfolio yeah. and then that it's, it's yeah. a timing I guess timing is is paramount yeah and uh, yeah I mean there's uh, yeah I guess the average lifetime of a tweet what is it 30, 30 seconds or something like that so yes yeah, so you might have just struck lucky with your timing on that yeah. one and uh, yeah discovery of content is someone does seem well it all depends when I'm getting the train yeah uh, as to whether or not I'll, I'll find find out what it that's is that's the thing isn't it what would you say about that about the balance between speculation and considered timing well um yeah i mean i'm not, not here to promote buffer particularly but all the narrative suggests it's worth sharing stuff multiple times at different times of the day and certainly if you do give buffer a try um you it, it makes it very easy to share multiple times and in fact you set up a schedule where you say okay i want to share at these five times of the day so rather than sharing when you discover something you then just share it and then it gets added to your queue and it and then it gets shared automatically your next share time oh okay that's and, interesting. and so you can start off by saying i want to share at these times of the day but after uh, buffer will then look at what times of the day are particularly working for you and it will come back and give you a custom recommendation. It will say, look, when you share at those times, more people see and react to your stuff. Mm. So do you want to actually switch to those times? And then it kind of constantly evolves yeah. over time. I uh, can't remember what the original question was, but yeah. No, that's perfect. It was, just about, it was about, just about timing, about the difference between speculation and, and choosing your moments and your mm. times. You know, there's, because like you say, you know, we're in such a global world now and you know, we're dealing with all different time schedules and... Mm. You know, some people might be finishing work at a different time, like you say, getting a train at a different time. You know, mm. I know when I get on the bus, it's 
nine times out of ten I'll do an Instagram post at the start of the bus journey you know right. that kind of thing it's yeah. just because I, I don't you know sometimes if I'm sitting here doing work I think like I shouldn't be doing that stuff now yeah that's when I've got a little window to do it and yeah yeah so it's a you know I guess like in our industry it's the, that whole minefield of of going there is methods to the madness but there is a hell of a lot of speculation as well so I guess you just like you said about the buffer you yeah. just have to broaden your chances of doing that by planting all these seeds at various points yeah and, you know that's yeah and, and then yeah and then acting on the you know with the data that you can get from it you know they're, they're so you know within buffer within twitter within facebook there are you know you can look at the data to see what worked and, mm. what, and what didn't and try to use that information going forward no one really wants to sit down you know, with a spreadsheet and go, look, here's my Excel and the, yeah. the, this reached that many people and yeah. that engagement and therefore that this is the magic formula going forwards. But if you can use a tool like that, then it, it kind of does that, that boring grunt work for you. And it means you can focus on, you know, getting your head around well, what's actually interesting to people yeah. or, or interesting to me. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that more or less covers, yeah. yeah. That, that's a nice kind of insight, yeah, into, uh, you know, I just wanted to, ask someone who knew questions that I, you know, that I started to ask myself, you know, recently, and I, I assume I'm very much not alone, you know? Yeah, uh, well, and, and you know, I guess what's interesting in all of this is that, you know, I guess I come from more from, you know, a, 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 from the theoretical side because it's my, it's my, you know, it's what I do in my work, so I kind of know the theory of what should work, but lots of the stuff that you're doing and that you've discovered actually reflects the theory. You know, it's true, it, you know, that whether it's your use of social media, mm. your focus on your content on your, on your site, your, you know, your, your interest in, in generating more from SEO, those experiences actually do seem to stack up with the theory behind why this stuff happens and, and how other people should approach it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like you're on a, you're on a natural journey mm. there. So, uh, so in terms of heart, um, you know, what, what does that offer and, and uh, you know what where you know what I assume I mean I, I had the guys from um, one two three Reg in here a couple of months ago yeah to the you know we worked on the um, the SEO tool which was yeah. which was uh, and what I forget the name of that uh, SEO optimizer SEO yeah. that's that's yeah. the one she mentioned recommended it and yeah. it was um, I thought it was great because it, it like you said about them not wanting to sit there for days it was a really good. I'd never once looked at my official website. Like I said, it was on the whole WordPress thing, and I'd never I'd, I'd changed developers at, at some point, so mm. I'd never really done anything with it, and I got very lazy aside from adding new projects. Mm. So I used this tool, which I thought was I thought it was fantastic. So it gave me the really basic, you know, but I could I could customize the timeframes and look at all the statistics, the page click-throughs, uh, the you know, and it and it came back with a, a almost like a, a prescription, you know, what this is right. what you should probably do, and, yeah. and then every month you get this. So what do you know? What would you recommend in that respect in terms of like you know, the heart internet and you know well, what? I guess, other... Yeah, I guess heart internet. Where where, where the um, what heart internet focuses on is looking after the needs of web designers and web developers. So these are usually a, a group of people that are um, you know they, they tend to know what they're doing. You know they they are your techie friend who you go to to sort out your computer yeah. problems and have been doing it for a while. Um, so we, we try to equip them with the tools they need to build great sites for the business that they work in or for their clients. And sometimes that's at quite a simple level. So, so just simple shared hosting that, you know, that works fast or WordPress hosting that works fast. Um, or, or sometimes it's by giving them, um, uh, giving them, selling them a virtual private server or a dedicated server where they can you know, really do everything that they want to on that bit of hardware. You know, they can get root access, they can install anything that they want to onto it, you know, that they then maintain that almost as their piece of remote hardware that just happens to sit in our data center that gives it super fast access to the internet. Right. Um, so so it, it, it is very much about saying, here's the tools, now go and build your business, you know, win clients, generate, you know, uh, generate new new business, uh, you know, new web design contracts. Look after your clients, and then from our, I guess, what comes from from us in trying to help them is that we give them the tools to enable to them to administer. We give them the, I guess, the the ability to be able to administer all those tools quite easily, and then we try to help them with advice about, for example, here's here's good ways that you might want to win some new business. You know, this is the latest trends that you might yeah. want to keep up with. Staying abreast of what's going on exactly. and what's relevant yeah. and useful. Yeah. 
That's cool. Brilliant. And at intern.co.uk. That's right. <laughs> and after dot, that now, thanks dot, for you dot guys supporting the show. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, thanks for your time, Nick. It's yeah. Thanks, fantastic. Ben. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Useful, useful stuff that we all have to know. And I felt like I learned loads from that hour with Nick. Um, it's changed the way I think about a few of the things that I'm doing recently. I've recently launched my own new website where we've been putting a lot of effort and a lot of thought into SEO, making sure we get all the images tagged, making sure my website is delivering what my clients need and what anyone who likes my work might want to see. So go and check it out. Actually, get me thoughts, looking for feedback. So anyone who wants to go and check out bentallen.com, go do so and let me know what you think. See what the portfolio is saying. Look at the news sections, podcast sections, and give me a shout if you've got any suggestions or any feedback, any feedback on that. Really cool stuff. I'm really happy with how it's gone. Done by uh, Laura Hawkins on the graphic design side. Check her out, laurahawkinsdesign.co.uk and coded by G6 Designs, who are uh, awesome, awesome developer. Uh, Shane, a friend of mine, really friendly guy, really cool stuff, really reasonable rates. Go and check him out for any website stuff. So thanks for tuning in as ever, guys. Uh, we've got more and more awesome guests coming up soon. We've got Mariana Pastana, curator at the V&A, talking about the future of design. Uh, leading from the front with technology. Really inspiring, intriguing stuff. I hope you enjoyed Justine Fox last week, The Psychology of Colour, real geek-out stuff. Go and listen to that one. She's an awesome lady. Go and see what she does. Go and get her in. Get her to do some colour consultancy if you need it. We all need that stuff as illustrators, photographers, designers and artists, right? God, it keeps me awake at night. I don't know about you guys. I remember seeing uh, Danny Allison with a colour spider strapped to his monitor, like his device that fully properly calibrated all his colour profiles and seeing him under this kind of computer, this old computer box he had, he'd built a shelter out of it so that no light got in, so he got the 100% accurate colour representation. He got a little too deep at some point, but that's Danny for you. And I think it's not a bad thing to be that anal about something as important as colour in visual communication. Anyway, I'm banging on, so it's time to get out of here. But cheers for checking in. Hit us up on the Twitter, at the rest of my mix. Drop me an email, hello at bentalent.com. Thanks as ever. That's 43 episodes. That's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to check in. Uh, and be here with the rest of my mix. Spread the word. Share the word on Twitter or whatever, on Facebook. Just... Get us out there, shout about us if you like what we're doing and subscribe on iTunes. Drop me a review, that'd be lovely. Still only on two reviews. Don't be lazy. Go and leave me a few lines and a little bit of praise if you like what we're doing. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys, and see you soon. Mm-hmm.